You are listening to the Unlikely Felon Podcast, episode number six. Welcome to the Unlikely Felon Livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young. Welcome to the show. I'm W.C. Young. I hope you're having a great day and doing what you want to be doing. If you're not, maybe it's fear that's holding you back. Maybe. Just maybe. What a crazy, busy week I've had. Not sure if uh, you guys can identify with me on that, but I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. How about you? Are uh, any parents listening today? (laughs) This parenting thing is really overrated. I joke with my kids. I say, If you want to be happy as an adult, there are two things you should do, or not do, I should say. Don't get married and don't have kids. Now, they'll probably blame me when they're in therapy down the road as adults telling that story. My dad screwed up my marriage and my relationships. They know I'm just kidding. Or am I? (laughs) Taking care of three kids is a lot of work. You might have four, five, seven of them. Actually, we, we know a family with seven kids. How in the world do you do that? Three is insane, a lot of work. And I, th- I think raising kids and watching them grow up so quickly makes you see that you yourself are getting older, maybe looking and feeling older. Although I try not to say that my wife reminds me to say you feel young and you look fantastic. I know, don't email me on that one. Probably not reality, right? <laughs> this this week, one of our family members, they have uh, actually have several grandchildren and now they're taking care of their partner who recently had some major surgery just for a short time. They'll be recovering soon, but their comment to Kay was interesting. They basically said they didn't know how we were able to take care of both grandparents for all those years. And Kay, of course, in particular, especially when the grandparents became mentally and physically unable to take care of themselves, it got worse. He mentioned he had been doing it for just a few days and was exhausted. He said something that is perfect for this week's podcast. How and who will take care of me down the road? That's what he said to Kay. And then he added, what if my partner and I have to take care of each other? We'll get into that in today's cast. So what else do I want to cover? I want to try to get into fear. Two parts of it though, tying fear of getting older with the fear of failing. In particular, who is going to take care of you and who will you end up taking care of? And how does that guide your decisions to reach your ultimate goals accomplish your intentions, or do you fall back on failure and say, I'm too old? I'll break down some of the other components of fear in future casts. Then we'll get into inspiration segment today, which will cover inspiration through a virgin. No, not that kind of virgin, a story of how success might come down to overcoming fear with some calculated risk, and then end the show with those wicked cool scientists. They always have good stuff. I really like their angle, and they are back, and they say, Your fear of failing is a fantasy. It's all in your head. So let's get started today with a question. What is fear pushing you to do or not to do? So the first part I want to cover is the fear of aging, getting older, that feeling of time running out. And how about the fear of having to be cared for or to be a caregiver if it's stopping you? Or are you and the people around you dealing with it correctly? Napoleon Hill on fear of aging, he said, Eliminate the fear of old age by reaching a decision to accept it, not as a handicap, but as a great blessing, which carries with it wisdom 
self-control and understanding not known to youth. In, in his book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about the six fears you have to overcome to live well. Today, I'll just cover, it's actually number five, fear of old age. Now, typically, it stops us from doing so many things, right? He, he says it stops us, so many people, from living their best life. And I even notice it happens usually between people are 40 to 60 years old, not always at 70 or 80 or 100. And it happens at a point in life where we decide not to participate or raise our goals or increase the number of dreams or even expand the impact of those dreams. People typically have, you might have a bucket list, but does it just sit there? Is is it because you're getting older and you don't try to attempt things? So we just, we say, why try or why try now? And then if you throw in the worry of who will take care of you and will you end up a caregiver, you end up with paralysis. Is it real? As we were taking care of my grandparents, you'll hear me say our grandparents sometimes because not just mine, because they were just as much K's as they were mine. And I remember the fear setting into me about where I was going in my life and my aging, which was influenced by watching their aging process. So I'm experiencing them getting older and I'm watching them fall apart in so many ways. And it really did affect me the fear of how we were going to manage their lives as they became more and more mentally absent, more physically disabled. And it's typically a slow slide. And then it's like they fall off a cliff. And I write in the book, it's a gradual occurrence, like a thief in the night, stealing bits of memory, personality, and ability. The days pass, the symptoms worsen, the denial grows, and the options disappear before you know it. Time is up and either you have planned well and lucked out, or you're in a desperate situation to find alternative caregivers. We were in the latter, playing a game I like to call help leave and pray. So that's from the book. We would, so what we would do, we, we would then, we would help them with whatever was going on. Then we'd go back to our life for the rest of that day or that night. And I remember at the same time I was going through almost like a midlife crisis. I was approaching 40 and it may have been part of the reason that I made some of these bad choices and took some incredible risks. It felt like I was, it was going by too fast and I'm watching them going down this hill. And then at the same time, I felt like I wasn't accomplishing enough. I had constant fear that failure was around the corner. And as many of my business ventures had failed, and of course, there were some that did really well, but I only focused on the ones that didn't. Can anyone identify with that? This process of anxiety over it, over what might happen in the future, only heightened my sense of that fear. And I hope it wasn't self-fulfilling prophecies because my optimism at the start of the project would quickly turn to fear of, you know, if it appeared not to be working. And when it came to my grandparents, it was like more paralysis. I guess I thought it would just figure itself out. Now you might be maybe you're 30 years old or 25 listening to this cast. And I know the demographics on the, the podcast from the data are all over the place. We have people from all different ages, but if you're young and you think old age is a long way away in the future for you, um, let me tell you, <laughs> that was me. But your upcoming issues, your immediate challenge could be around a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, maybe a sibling that you may end up taking care of. And this might not happen for 5, 10, 15 years, but it's about an 8 in 10 chance. So 8 out of 10 people will end up being a caregiver, especially with people living longer. People would tell me, well, just put them away in a nursing home, then let someone else deal with it. 
I can tell you that thinking, that type of thinking is flawed, flat out not true. When we finally were able to have Graham go to assisted living, many of the problems expanded. I write in the book, Gramps was doing well, but Graham was not. She became impatient, wanting to leave. She was as difficult as we had anticipated, perhaps even more so. Was she playing us, I wondered, or was her mental state really deteriorating that fast? So I remember this, you got to remember, this was a sharp lady, very smart, active, hardworking. I continue in the book, Peak View wasn't her cup of tea and by damn, she wasn't going to stay. She was constantly causing havoc, showing up at the front desk at all hours of the day and night asking, and this, this was funny. She would say, can we have a new set of tool towels for our room? Or, honey, will you either have a cab come get us or show us to our car? <laughs> the staff thought it was cute, and they played along, telling her they would have the towels sent right away. Thank you, she said. And remember, we're in room 725. That's from chapter 12. As I watched my grandparents with this weird behavior, and again, they, they didn't have any idea what was going on because of the dementia getting worse, physically getting worse. But you're watching two people who were once, quote, normal or acted like most of us, fade into no goals, no future, no present, almost like they were suddenly aliens. And the other thing Graham would do each day is she'd go to the front desk attendant and the desk was about 50 feet from her room and she'd get there and ask if she could get the bill. She'd say, we'd like to check out now. God bless them. <laughs> the front desk, they just smile. She's going on. We'd like to check out now. But, but eventually the staff, they finally told us, you guys have to do something about this. And look, I... I understood. I, I got it. Now, Graham's behavior was actually minor compared to some of the other problems that were going on. And at this time, Kay was visiting almost every day, uh, at least every other day, some weeks every day. And I made it over whenever I could, usually a couple times a week. So I'm encouraging you today to not only overcome your fear to do what you want to do and accomplish your goals, You'd like to accomplish whatever they are as, you, as you're aging, and we'll get into more of that later in this cast, but don't let that fear of aging stop or control you. Let that fear help you start thinking about who is going to take care of you if you're old enough and get your will done. We'll talk more about that down the road. I can't say that enough and, and get it updated, but who will you potentially be taking care of and are you ready? Will you be ready? One of the points of this Unlikely Felon podcast is to help you be productive about this process instead of acting in denial like we did for so many years. In upcoming casts, I'll talk more about power of attorney and all that stuff and, and, and things not from a legal point of view. There's tons of lawyers and estate lawyers and family lawyers all trying to do a great job, but there's a reality point of view of what happens. Which brings me to this week's inspirational story. The virgin I was referring to at the start of today's show was actually the Virgin Group, of course, founded by Sir Richard Branson. You don't achieve owning 400 companies, hard to believe, but 400 companies without overcoming fear. As a child, Richard struggled in school and life. He had dyslexia. Not sure how many people actually know that or, or knew that he was affected by that. He almost failed out of school. And as Amy Morin writes in her book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, I encourage you to get it. It's great. All of her stuff is really good. Richard didn't let poor academic performance hold him back. Richard was quoted in Entrepreneurial Magazine at Virgin. I used two techniques to free our team from the same old routine, breaking records and making bets. Amy wrote, his team creates products that people say won't work and breaks records that people claim are impossible. In Inc. Magazine, Richard identified three main ways to overcome fear. He said, number one, talk it out. 
If you keep your fears in your head, they'll expand and grow. Rather than worry, just let it out. Talk to someone about those fears. Find a friend, a therapist, yourself, but talk out loud. You name it, find somebody. Number two was to examine your doubt. Break down that issue that you're worried about into manageable parts. Listen to the problem, work on real solutions, and come up with realistic action. And number three, take a break. He says get a cup of tea. I prefer coffee. But his point is, is that often overcoming fear takes getting away from it, not thinking about it for a while, maybe taking a rest from it. Do you have a plan for overcoming your fear? Shortly, we'll talk about some of the scientific evidence that your fears may not even be real and some creative tricks to get you to take calculated risks. Just a quick break and a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Buzzsprout, the number one podcast hosting site in the world. Check them out today at buzzsprout.com. I used to have an incredible fear of failing, failing myself, my wife, my kids, my friends, the world. If I'm being honest, I still do. So I was grateful to read Walden and Newberg's work on the subject. These are the, remember, these are the cool neuroscientists. They write in Science of Mind article, uh, it's a Science of Mind magazine's article, that you're not alone if you have a fear of failing. They ask the question, do you have a fear of achieving your deepest desires or a fear that you won't be successful achieving your goals? Let me stop there for a second here. Let me, what is the answer to that question for you? I'll say it again. Do you have a fear of achieving your deepest desires or a fear that you won't be successful achieving your goals? I guess I'm the only one. They identified one survey of a thousand people which said that one in three Americans consider failure to be the highest fear. So can you believe that? Even greater than their own death or the death of a loved one. The survey also noted failure was the highest. Uh, for the fail, I should say the fear of failure was the highest with millennials who topped the chart at 40%. Gen X was next at 31%. And then boomers, which my daughter calls me to tease me. She knows I'm a Gen X. <laughs> it's her way of saying I'm old, but boomers were 23%. So fear of failure can even lead to a phobia called actophobia, which is chronic anxiety from the fear of failure and can be so extreme that the, to the point of paralyzing someone, you literally, you can't function. Now we're all born with instinctual fears. As we all know, this includes things like fear of falling, loud noises, shadowy movements, strange creatures. These are common ones. They're, they are threatening type things and events, but the biggest fear Maybe in your imagination, Walden Newberg point out that the phrase, maybe I will fail actually turns into I'm going to fail and in turn can trigger the instinctual fear centers of the brain that mimic those real ones, those real threat scenarios that I talked about. We start to believe that past failures will lead to future ones, almost like the fear of falling. This is one I still work on to this day. After our case and spending time in work release, I feared coming back, trying something new. I was in fear that this book wouldn't sell, that nobody would read it. I'd be more embarrassed and more and piss off more people. And how was I going to recreate my life? How was I ever going to come back? Wayne Dyer says, wherever you are, at whatever age, you're only thought, you're only one thought away from changing your mind. And I think his quote works both ways. You can change your mind for the better or for the worse, right? With whatever that thought is. So what can you do? Walden and Newberg suggest there's an easy fix. I love that they always use the word easy. <laughs> they use it so often. It's a fix that their brain scan studies on spirituality and meditation uncovered. 
kind of accidentally. They say, if you practice affirmations and loving kindness meditation with yourself, you temporarily turn off the imagination and your memory centers. Then if you remain in a deep state of relaxed awareness, you can sit back, observe those fantasies of failures. You can turn, I will fail into, I might fail and I might succeed. They point out that research shows that the practice of self-compassion is another element for building the confidence that you need to have a, to, to have a successful thought, to have a successful outlook for your future. Brain scan studies of those who do compassion meditations develop great empathy towards others. They say that you should spend a few minutes each day just touching your hand or your face or your arms in a very soft manner, just that soft feeling. And I would add that two things I've done whenever I fear something, I've started to just do it, take it on. One example is that for some reason I've been scared of horses. I don't know forever. Maybe it's their size or the silly stories. My grandmother on my mom's side used to tell me when I was little, she lost most of her teeth when she was kicked in the mouth by a horse. She was real little. I don't remember the age, or at least that's what she told me. So I'm taking horseback riding lessons this summer. I also launched this podcast to be authentic and tell our story. Before this, if you knew me, I was one of the most private people you'd ever meet in your life. And I'm overcoming that fear of transparency. So today starts your personal comeback. Thank you so much for joining me today. We covered that if you can identify those fears that might be holding you back, you can you can move forward. And is a fear of aging one of them for you? Again, for most people in the survey, it was start now to think about three key issues with aging. Are you letting it stop you from your dreams? And are you able to check off your bu- bucket list? Or is it just sitting there? And identify who will take care of you when you can't. And who might you be taking care of sooner rather than later? Just Start thinking about it a little bit. I hope you enjoyed the story of Sir Richard Branson. Let let the fear push you to your own defined level of success. And we ended today with Walden and Newberg demonstrating that fear of failing is just a fantasy. The key is to be authentic as you can be, no matter how old you are. And, and you actually have some techniques now for overcoming that fear of failing, which again, it's just a fantasy. Thank you so much for purchasing the paper book copy too of The Unlikely Felon. I'm so very grateful for the book sales and the podcast downline. I hope I hope you have a great week. And I just challenge you to take one step towards taking on one thing you fear. Whatever it is, no matter what it is, uh, no matter how small or how big, just go for it. This is W.C. Young. Remember, sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website, unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy WC's new book, sign up for the newsletter and see his speaking engagement schedule.